There's so much excitement when going to a festival. Your experience there will be unforgettable. Thank you for tuning into Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah, and he's Eric. We created this podcast to share adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We are definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial, we want you to remember their own opinions, and they might be different from yours. I feel like we've had kind of a fun week already. We've uh, talked to two of our listeners in <laughs> That's different true. mediums. Yeah. We had Lori mm-hmm. stop by the hotel yesterday. And th- by that medium, she means in person. <laughs> she came all the way from New York to see us, so thank you so much. Not yeah, to see was, us. <laughs> well, she was she was here for lots of other reasons and happened to be in the area, so we were like, oh, hey. <laughs> and she was like, can I park here? And we were like, sure, go for it, listener. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by. And then uh, Jason... Uh, asked uh, the birding beardsman. The birding beardsman. Yeah, um, which I used to call Eric when he had a beard. Back in the day. Now he no longer a has year a beard. Ago. Anyways, <laughs> he wanted to know more about Zaxxon Bog, so he um, we had a Zoom call about it. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun talking to talking to listeners. Yeah, after doing that, I was thinking like maybe we should host office hours. And then I was like, <laughs> what, is, I, what is like uh, like the Cy Starner had where it was like every Tuesday and Thursday at such and such time they'll have their thing going. Oh, yeah. Every yeah, no, that sort of thing. No, uh, we don't have time I, for we that. We don't have time for that. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But if you want to find us, it's not hard. Yeah, you can get in contact with us all sorts of different ways. Um, so just a few pieces of news. Uh, we're going to the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival. Super yeah, excited about couple that. Couple weeks away. And we're, st- I'm really excited that we're staying at the Santa Rita Lodge for one night. So I'm hoping for I'm, a Whiskered Screech Owl. I'm pretty excited too. And Mexican Poor Will and some really cool, um, nightbirds. So I'm excited. Even if we don't get nightbirds, I'm pretty excited to stay there. It, it was really cool there during the day. I'm sure it's pretty spectacular at night. It's just going to be like turkeys all night long. No, that's better. <laughs> Um, and then we also have our Bird Nerd giveaway winner to announce. Yeah, so just as a reminder, the last months, this over this last uh, two-week period, two-and-a-half-week period, the Bird Nerd giveaway was a, um, a competition of sorts uh, where we wanted to hear everyone's best field mark that's a non-traditional field mark. Obscure field Obscure mark. Obscure field, field mark. And we got a whole bunch of entries, all of, all of which were pretty... Funky and off the wall. Some some of which were um, field marks of birders, not of birds, <laughs> which we got a kick out of. <laughs> that was that was that was great. It wasn't uh, wasn't exactly what we asked for, but we got some, we got some really interesting. <laughs> you stuff. guys are creative, seriously. So our winner for this bird nerd giveaway, who will win a um, package of stuff from Seymour Goals, the Seymour Goals package, <laughs> um, which marks the. Uh, the reveal of his first field guide book, yeah. which we were su- super excited to talk to him about. and His we- dive into the authorship world. <laughs> and we did hear from him that um, his his uh, release has been delayed. So instead of coming out July 13th, um, the books will be out on July 24th. So A little bit of that. a delay, but not much. Yeah. Well, it'll be soon. It's totally worth it. Totally worth it. So our winner is Ennui Herman. Um, with the entry that they think it's interesting that the only reliable field mark that distinguishes <laughs> chipping sparrows from American tree sparrows is the deep sense of melancholy. Deep sense of melancholy. <laughs> well, that, all of us, I think, cracked up at that. That was, that was great. That was hilarious. And But there's there was definitely other others that uh, I would call honorable mentions okay, go um, for it. to this. We've got Vicky says that ring-necked ducks... Have a ringed bill. I totally get that. I always want to call them ring-billed ducks. I'm like, wait, no. Ring-billed gull, ring-necked duck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mike said, uh, and this one got a lot of traction on Twitter. I think Mike has a lot of followers. Um, But they said that the female acorn woodpeckers have a black bar between the red and white on their foreheads. which, And then they posted a couple pictures of it so you could see the difference. So that was really cool. And uh, Jared um, mentioned that the white pocket square on blue-throated, black-throated blue warblers. They're very fancy. They're very fancy. It's just a little little pocket square there. So, so many good ones. Thank you all for playing, and congratulations to Ennui for your winning entry. We will um, arrange to get that to you soon. And our next Bird Nerd giveaway will be announced in our August 12th episode. So thank you all for participating, and we hope you had as much fun as we did. Yeah, I had fun.
I, I liked I liked reading them. They were hilarious. <laughs> Um, and also a reminder that we do have our hotline live if you want to give us a call and say anything. Again, I will not answer the phone, um, so you can leave a voicemail. I haven't changed the voicemail, though, so it still says, um, for a secret question, but you can say whatever you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you want to give us a call to that number, it's 503-741-9837. So. And a reminder, Hannah will not answer. She's not a phone answerer. I do not. <laughs> she, she's get, she's getting to that uh, generation where you don't answer the phone no matter what. That's like millennials, though. They like would rather you text Ex- exactly. or email. You you've fully jumped into the generation that you're technically part of. I mean, I kind of always was. <laughs> so let's get back into Indiana. Yes, Indiana. We took a break from Indiana for an episode, but we're back. We're in- back into we're it. back into Indiana. Um, so we, if just to refresh everyone's memory, we went to Indiana in May for mm-hmm. the Indiana Bird Dune, Indiana Dunes Birding Festival. And <laughs> it's a mouthful of a festival. <laughs> it kind of is. And we spent our first day participating in the self-led tour, which was a ton of fun. But after that... If you want to hear about that, listen to our first episode of Indiana Dunes um, back a couple... A couple episodes, three episodes ago? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, we we talked all about the self-led tour in that. Uh, this episode, we'll talk about the rest of the trip in Indiana. So, let's talk about the festival, because that yes. was really the reason why we went there. So, after we stayed at the really cool Riley Rail House, mm-hmm. um, we went then to stay at the official festival hotel, which is the Spring House Inn. And... It was, it's described as a woodsy natural retreat. Um, it seems kind of like a conference hotel, like tons of rooms, you know, they have a restaurant there and then Eric's, um, the hilarity was that he (laughs) thought there should be a polka band that came out on the catwalk above the lobby. It had a very German feel, like a, like like a, like a German lodge sort of feel to it with the big timbers and the, the, the dark, the dark. Um, brown timbers with the, like, the tan paint in between the, in the windows of the timbers, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was, yeah. it was, it was very polka, very, like, classic German style. Alpine. Alpine, yeah, there we yeah. go. So. High Swiss I, mountains. <laughs> it seems like the place to stay. Um, you know, there's only a few hotels in Chesterson, Chesterton, Indiana, mm-hmm. and pretty much everything I read was, like, stay at the Springhouse Inn. Yeah, so, and it was, it was good. The, um, our balcony that we had. Backed right up to the creek, creek, river? I think it was like a stream. Stream. It is a nice natural area that was pretty, pretty birdy. Like there was pileated woodpecker out there pretty much every single day. Somebody was telling us that they had a scarlet tanger. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on. We didn't spend a whole lot of time there, so we didn't get to like sit out on the back deck and watch. But it sounds like... We it... got up early, went birding, and then stayed out late birding. So yeah. lots of birding. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get back get back to the hotel for like an hour in the morning before, or it wasn't even an hour in the morning when we wake up. Some people go partying. No, we sit out and wait for Woodcocks to call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you all know what that's like. So as as we were kind of coming out of the pandemic, um, things at breakfast were a little bit a little bit more sparse. I I guess from normal, it's, I anticipate that was. There were more packaged things and stuff like that. And we were, like, right at the end. Like, like Oreos and, like, yeah. oranges and stuff. Yeah, it, it wasn't, like, a normal breakfast situation. No eggs and sausage. No, but the room was set up that it could have all of that stuff. I'm sure normally. they probably do. I'm sure normally they do. Um, and if we didn't mention it in our last Indiana episode, the sun comes up, like, super early in Chesterton. Uh, because it's like the easternmost part of the time zone in the north, as many that live there work in Chicago, so they're paired in the time zone wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at a time zone map of the United States, there's this jut out in northern Indiana, and then it kind of shoots like diagonal once it gets down below Indiana. So, like this, the southern states, it's not so bad, but in Indiana, that's kind of a uh, pretty far east to be in the central time zone. Yeah, so the sun rises at like 5 o'clock at that time of year, so you get up pretty early. And to get a lay of the land, the festival had arranged for us to participate in the pre-festival big day field trip, um, which was led by a couple locals, and it took us to a few different spots around the county that we probably wouldn't have explored otherwise. Yeah, so we started off, um, that's 
I guess this is part of the festival, so we can talk about yeah. it. Because it was the pre-festival trip. It started off at the Michigan City Harbor, and it was it was pretty good. There was um, it was cold. It was cold, and it was it was a little bit breezy, but it wasn't raining, so that yeah. was that that made everything a hundred percent better than it could have been. Um, but lots of lots of turns, a couple goals, not very many, but um, lots of turns, lots of swallows. Uh, there was peregrine falcon that they like knew was there. I like saw it. On because it was like on a like a chimney, I think. Yeah, it's like, like a really tall chimney. Like a cutout on a chimney. And I saw it and I was like, I bet that's a peregrine. And as soon as I was thinking that, they're like, Peregrine. It's like, dang it. <laughs> and then it was one of those where it's it's they a known location. It they knew it was there. It was a known location for them to be. One of the participants mentioned or asked the um, one of the guides, like, so how did you know that was up there? And or how, how do you how can you tell that's a peregrine? And he was like, uh, and then he, it took him a few seconds to just like, just admit that, yeah, we, we, we know they're up there. It's, it's always there. It's always there. <laughs> and, and it's, that's, that's a, a typical guide trick. Like if it's, it's a known location for a bird you look at and you know, that's a bird. It's, yeah. it's the same, it's the same bird every day. So it's really easy to, to especially for something like a peregrine. I know. And like when I was at working at Benson Rio Grande Valley mm-hmm. in, um, in McAllen, Texas, it was so handy to have the Eastern screech owl in the yeah. tree because like you could really impress people by getting them that screech owl. And it's like, it's always there. It's there every day. <laughs> so, so some days it ducks its head down and you don't see it and you have to come back later. But well, it's but, because you have to like for that owl, you have to like prep yeah. people because if it sees the whites of your eyes, it's going to duck down if you're too close. Yeah. So you have to like walk past it and and then turn around and look at it. Yeah, that's And that's some true. people would like sneak a glance over their shoulder and then it would be gone. And they'd be the only one to see it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they would duck down as soon as they turn around. I know. Yeah, but, but it, that's that's a it's not a it's not a sneaky trick with guides, but it's a it's a trick just to just to know. Some sometimes the guide knows that it's a per, a persisting bird that's been there in the same spot every day. It's kind of kind of fun though. We use that to impress you. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a fun trick. <laughs> um, but also, you know, that location had Baltimore Orioles and Warbling Vireos and feel like it had a lot of finches too yeah there was house finches and house sparrows it was it was our first stop of the day so it was just like boom 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 blue jay crow just listing off birds like crazy yeah i I think we had like 30 species before we left that spot so that was good and it was freezing because the breeze was coming off lake so it wasn't like a heavy breeze but like it was was a cold breeze i don't know if that was called lake effect or not but i'm gonna call it that it was lake effect i think technically it would be a lake a lake effect wind i'm not nice I'm not familiar with I'm going to add that exactly to my, my uh, meteorological like experiences that I've experienced. <laughs> From there, we did a very birder thing and went out in some fields along the side of the highway to look at a brewer's blackbird, which is a parking lot bird in our area. But if you go over there, it's not a parking lot bird. So it's like, oh, let's go, let's go and see if we can see the one brewer's blackbird they have hanging out in this field. So that was that was really exciting. There was that and some American pippets. I know. I felt bad because like everybody was looking at the Brewer's Blackbird, and I was like, I'm more interested in a pippet. Because the pippets are more I've exciting like, for I've us. I've like never seen a pippet like in a scope or in binoculars. It's just like you see it, and then it zips up to the sky, and then it's like, oh yeah, that's a pippet from that dot that's like flying like that. Yep, obviously a pippet. Yeah. <laughs> I've never like seen one in binoculars. Yeah, we, and we got some really good looks of the pippet. There weren't that. There was. There was just the one right there, right? Yeah, yeah, but, I, but it was it was pretty fairly close. For I don't think anybody cared as much as I no. did. I, I think you and I were the only ones that even cared at all about the pivot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brewers Blackbird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Brewers Blackbird was great addition for the day, great addition for our uh, state list. Sure, but not, not that we're like really like fleshing out an Indiana state list yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to get like the common stuff. Um, so we hit a few other spots and, you know, got some more birds, but then ended up at the Indiana Dunes State Park. As everyone does in the Indiana Dunes area. I know, you know, reflecting back on this whole trip just makes me think like that is the best spot. And we'll talk a little bit more about it in a few minutes about why it's so great. But I just, I love that park now. It's the park like, is really if good I'm, park. If I have to choose one place to go to in that whole area, it would be Indiana Dunes State Park. Yeah. So, that's my soapbox. Um, but anyways, we... <laughs> that's we, your pitch for the state park. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know us. We're state park people. Um, so then we went to go look for a cerulean warbler that was being seen on trail number two, which was a life for Eric. Oh, yeah. And so we, we go down, we went... Um, we walked like a mile to get to where the warblers were. I don't, it might have been a mile, maybe, maybe not quite a mile, but it was, it was pretty. It was right in that range. So the trail number two goes out, 
Um, goes east. It goes uh, east all the way down, and then right as it starts to turn north, you get onto a boardwalk that crosses um, a flooded, forested area. Which just, that was really cool. that was really cool. It yeah, was super cool. But by then we were kind of exhausted, so it was like it was less gorgeous and more I'm exhausted. <laughs> but the um, right before we got to the boardwalk is where this the cerulean popped up, and it there was it was singing up high in the top of the trees, and I think. I think they played a... They, they did play they, a call. They, they did play a call, and it came down all the way down to, like, five feet. It was, like, on top of Eric's head. Yeah, and I got a whole bunch of pictures of exactly the underside, and some of them were, like, full frame, full frame underside shots <laughs> of the Cerulean. Though I did get a couple where it turned kind of awkwardly to the sides. You can, kind of, you can tell that it's a Cerulean. <laughs> Uh, but that trail actually ended up being really cool. So our our guide accidentally made us walk like a three mile trail when they didn't mean to. Um, yeah, it it happens. Oh yeah, totally. No, but it was a really neat trail. Like, yeah. We, this boardwalk was just fantastic. You know, there wasn't a ton of birds. I think there were some like bluebirds and and things on the snags. Um, if it had been earlier in the day, I think that spot would have been really good. Yeah. But by then we were at like. That was like three in the afternoon. Something like something that. Something like that. So by then the activity in that type of habitat was just really low. Yeah. But it was a really pleasant walk and mm-hmm. it wasn't super difficult, you know, just trudging through dunes like a lot of the other part of the park is. No, it was all flat. Well, and it's like it was built up with like vegetation. Yeah. So it wasn't just like trudging through sand. That's true. Yeah. So it was it was there was the boardwalk and then it went to like a hard pack, like hard pack sand slash like dirt. Yeah. That was pretty easy to walk, but it was it was long. But it was a nice chance to get to know some different folks who were on the trip, too. Uh, everybody at that point, you know, we'd seen about just over 100 birds um, on that big day. And so we were all kind of, like, beat from birding, but, you know, still trying to, you know, chat and listen for things as they came up. I think we tried, we tried for the, did we do the prothonotary before the cerulean or no, at the end? No, we did it at the end. At the end. So, yeah. so that, that trail looped back all the way around to the boardwalk that has the prothonotary nest box on it. And we did get it, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, well, we got that. And then we got a golden wing warbler right afterwards. Oh, that's so, right. So, so, so we, we added a couple birds, even though it was late in the day and we we're, we we're all exhausted. We we're still, still adding warblers here and there as well, we were going. Well, and I mean, the Goldwing Warbler was literally in the parking lot. Yeah, as we were getting into our cars. <laughs> and the prothonotary yeah, and the basically prothonotary. in the parking lot. <laughs> um, so so. That, that's the moral of the story. Again, you go and hike 1,800 miles back into the forest, and then as soon as you get back to the car, you get 90 birds Yeah, <laughs> at the car. So over the next few days um, after that, we were guiding our own half-day trips, our Hannah and Eric go birding trips, um, which was fun because we got to make up the route, and it was a good. It was good that we had that that big day, so we mm-hmm. can explore the area, and you know, folks can actually tell us like this is where things are. So we use that to our advantage. Oh yeah, for sure, and we. Probably should have just gone to the state park every day based on Hannah's reaction after the whole festival. Well, Colesbog is still pretty yeah. cool, too. But, but yeah, so we ended up going to Colesbog. Every 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 day we guided, we started at Colesbog. Because mm-hmm. that, that, that seemed to be what, what was kind of more up our alley, and there was less trips going specifically there right in the first thing in the morning. So. Well, and you have really good looks at things at Colesbog. Like, mm-hmm. That's true. Um, you know, most of the warblers aren't up really high, and so it, if for folks who are beginners, it's easier for them to see more birds and be that, more successful. That, that is true. If we, if we did the state park, we, then people would have been warbler neck the whole time trying to look at the... The bottom side of ceruleans trying to, oh yeah, sure. If you say if you say that's a cerulean, <laughs> well, and you have a lot of diversity too at Colesbog, like the swampy birds that um, you know you start off with, like swallows flying around, mm-hmm. and there were sandhill cranes and ducks. So like you right off the bat, you can get a handful of things, and then walking down the trail, you get the warblers and the other small stuff, and the the blue gray gnatcatchers nesting that nobody yeah. seemed to care about except for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so tiny. <laughs> yeah, so what we ended up doing was uh, gu- guiding the trips just as if we were on a regular bird walk ourselves and just kind of really relaxed out there, just at whatever pace people wanted to go at. A lot of uh, a lot of chit-chat, a lot of point-out birds. Nothing, uh, nothing heavy, like we have to identify race, 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 bird, bird, bird. It was more, more the style where we just kind of bird when we're birding by ourselves, but we were birding with 
more people. Yeah, you all know. You listen yeah. to us. Yeah, kind of our, our attitudes, but guiding. So <laughs> it, was, it was it was less a uh, typical guided trip and more more hanging out I'm with sure, people that know stuff about birds. I'm sure a handful <laughs> of you are like, I would never go on that trip. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm sure plenty of people would not like to be on one of those, but some people do. So yeah. and and the people we had with us all all seemed to have a great time. So that yeah, was, I think so. Yeah. Um. So. After the field trips, uh, the festival headquarters was the Indiana Dunes Visitor Center, which is for the National Park. Mm-hmm. It was kind of confusing to me at first, but there's a National Park. I think we talked about it in our first episode, but it was only established a handful yeah. of years ago, and it was a, a national seashore. Lakeshore. Lakeshore. Same thing. <laughs> um, and then, It's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was turned into a national park um, due to, you know, a lot of work from a lot of people. And so they have this really nice visitor center that has so much information uh, about the local area. And, you know, it's the place where the little gift store is mm-hmm. and you can, you know, ask questions of rangers. And that's, that's where we got our Birds of Indiana book. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's where the festival headquarters is out in the parking lot is where they have the vendor tent, um, registrations inside. And then, like I said, the store and there's bathrooms in there too. So it's a a nice little spot for Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Um, and they even had a food truck each day It was there. It was a really good food truck. I don't, I wish I could remember the name of it, name of the food truck because it was really good. And the... It was um, tacos, and they had, like, these bowls and, like, a, a kind of spicy Mexican stuff, street food. It was, it was really good. Yeah. And I, we got tacos the first day, and then the other days we ended up getting the bowls because the bowls were just easier to eat <laughs> while, we're, <laughs> while we're sitting in a booth. <laughs> yeah, mouthful of food, like, hello, thank you. <laughs> hello, I'm eating, I'm eating my tacos. Um, so, yeah, so we had a booth in the vendor area that was joint, the birding co-op, uh, you know, the nonprofit that we're both on the board of, mm-hmm. and then our podcast. And it was really fun to have all these conversations with folks about, you know, birding and about our podcast and about what the birding co-op is. I can't believe... And just to talk about people about birds. I know. <laughs> talk to people about birds. And if any of you have ever, like, boothed at a, a thing before, it's kind of awkward because people come up and they, like, look at all your stuff before they look at you and, like, give you the opportunity to, like, talk to them. Or or they'll walk up and they'll be like, what are you here for? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, what are you doing? So what are you selling? So you got to have a good hook. <laughs> We're always like, what birds did you see today? I'm Where'd sure, you go? I'm sure that's the question that everybody asks. That's probably the same question everyone asks. Yeah, but it's 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 a, it's better than having to listen to them go, what are you doing? <laughs> like you, you cut them off and start out. Where'd you go today? <laughs> it, it, tur- it turns this whole in, into an aggressive conversation. So you have it's, the upper hand. You have the upper hand. You, yeah, you get dominance by asking them where they went. <laughs> but you have to say it really aggressively. <laughs> Um, so this, uh, festival had a lot of different booths at it. It had, um, like Birdwatcher's Digest. I think there was, there was a guiding company that mm-hmm. was across from us. Um, and then a couple local, like artists and other nonprofits. And, and uh, the Friends of the Dunes and, um, the, I think the state parks had a booth. And they had a plant sale. A plant sale from the, um, the Audubon Man, and group. they were selling oh, like man. crazy. Like, <laughs> they sold out of everything like every day. Like yeah. they would, they would start off with like, uh, like four or five tables completely full of plants. And by the end of the day, they're like trying to sell like their last three. Like we don't want to load them up. Someone buy them. And it's like, how did you get down to all of those? You got rid of everything. And then the next day they come back with full tables and they all be Did you grow gone. those over that night? Yeah. They'd sell them all again the next day. And it's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> That's super cool. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun and it was really exciting to like talk to people about our podcast because like I don't get a whole lot of feedback about my podcast, my Women Birders Happy Hour. Mm-hmm. And we would tell people like, oh, I interview women birders and then I make a cocktail based on their their uh, interview. And they're like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Oh, I'm going oh, to listen. Yeah. They're like, I like to drink too. It's like, me too. We should drink together. <laughs> so that was that was a lot of fun. And a lot of people were excited about the birding co-op concept too. Yeah. So, hopefully, we uh, we got some folks out of that. Yeah, got some traction on that. Maybe who knows? Yeah. 
So uh, one of the days we had kind of a break, so we went and grabbed some lunch real quick before going out birding. Well, I guess it would be dinner because it would be like vendor boothing and then yeah, some to eat. It would be more t- towards dinner time, yeah. But so, we'd be birding afterwards, so it felt like it was lunch. Yeah, because not only like did the sun set really early or sunrise really early, it kind of set sort of late, so we had a lot of time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it set pretty early. It was like 8 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it was early. Oh. <laughs> Here in the Pacific Northwest, sometimes it says like six, <laughs> like four. That's true. In this, in the in the winter, we'll have, we'll have like four 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 fifty eight. Is the, it's like how is the sunset at four o'clock in in the four o'clock hour? This is ridiculous. See, this is why people up here get seasonal depression. <laughs> um, so we had um, some time in between boothing and birding one day that we stopped and went to the Port Drive-In, which is like the coolest, funkiest old drive-in. Um, that's not too far out of Chesterton and it just, it's so great because it kind of seems like an old AMW sort of building. I think it, well, it's, it comes from the era of the drive-ins and everything. So it's, it's not like, it's like a retro, like, oh, we're trying to be like, like AMW used oh, to no. be. It's like, oh no, this was here it, when AMW was big other places. And it still is retro. And it still is, and it still is around. And it seems like the prices on the menu haven't changed since then too. I know. A burger was like, which, what, $4? It was super cheap. We got we we each got a burger, fries. You got a milkshake. I got a soda, and it was like twenty bucks. Oh no, it was like less than that. Yeah, it, it was, was like sixteen bucks. It it was ridiculous. Yeah, because because I was doing the math for what it would cost for a, for one person to get burger and fries, no soda here in yeah. Cannon Beach, and you couldn't even get one burger and fries here in Cannon Beach for what you got for an entire two meals. Yeah there so. so and it was fun too i mean like their menu is extensive <laughs> like there is anything anybody could ever want on that menu yeah and then they have all these fun like swamp water drinks and well, like and and their homemade root beer yeah you could buy you could buy it by the gallon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy seven gallons get one free <laughs> so anyways definitely go to that place it is super cool i wish we would have gone there more <laughs> yeah the, the burgers weren't like giant monster burgers no. but they were like a regular size burger, yeah. like you, you. It was not like, oh, it's it's cheap because it's small. It's like, no, it's a regular size burger. Yeah, it's not like a White Castle burger. Yeah, no, it was it was a regular burger. It was Which good. Actually, it was delicious. They had a White Castle around the corner. And we never we never went to White Castle. We should have. <laughs> um. <laughs> So that was that was a lot of fun. And one night of the festival, they had a social event with a specially brewed beer and cider from a couple local facilities. Mm-hmm. The cider came from Ash and Elm Cidery, and both were just fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. The um, one of the uh, other co-op members, uh, Wes, was the the tap master. <laughs> Is the, that what he called himself? The- I- the poor master. The poor master. I'm. I'm not sure. He was. He was serving up the ciders and everything for everyone. So he was. He was all about like, oh, you got to try this. Oh, you got to try that. So it's <laughs> a good salesman. Yeah, he's a good salesman. Um, they also had a bird call contest, and that was really fun to watch. Like some people get super into it, and I was trying to get Eric to go up and do. Um, your peacock call because that one's really good. <laughs> it, or I was trying to get him to do a chachalaca call with me too because their the call is antiphonal. I'm sure mm-hmm. I've explained this before, but I'm going to do it again. There's call is antiphonal, which is a call and response. So the female and the male call um, like uh, not opposite each other. They they call in such a way that it sounds like one bird calling. Mm-hmm. So Eric and I can do it. He doesn't want to because he's a stick in the mud. <laughs> That's so, me stick in the mud. So hopefully one time we can we can all get him really drunk and he can do it with me. Maybe. Maybe a lot of beer. Uh, but the social was a lot of fun. We had fun chatting with lots of folks, uh, some vendors, you know, some participants to the festival, including Jen, who is one of our three staters. and Ooh, three stater. And soon to be a four stater when we see her next month in Arizona. I The only... She'll, she'll be at the top of the list for the most besides your parents, for people people who've seen in different states. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I think your parents will be the only people that could beat Jen for a number of states that we've seen them in. We were trying to figure out, like, who else has been a three-stater, and we know Laura Paulson. Laura Paulson's a, a three-stater. Yeah, and... Yeah, I don't know. There's, if, I, th- there, I think there's one more. I think we have three three staters, but I can't remember what the third one is. We'll have now. to keep a list. We'll have, we'll have to we have, we have to write this down somewhere. 
if you're a three stater, just shout us out and we'll we'll give you credit for that. Yeah, remind remind us who you are. Well, I do to our list. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so we went out to lunch with Jen at the Octave Grill, and that it was... sounds like all we did this whole time was eat and drink. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of really good food there. <laughs> and as Eric liked to point out, it was all very inexpensive compared so, to where we're at. So I gained a bunch of weight. It was awesome. Um, but the Octave Grill was really cool. They had a bunch of funky burgers there and like Yeah, they had the, the spicy, spicy, it was a special burger of some sort. It had like ghost peppers on it and it was, it was miserable, but it was good. <laughs> it was awful, but it was good. It was just so spicy. My face was on fire the whole time. And, you know, I, I really like that downtown Chesterton was, like, it was kind of, it's like our town, you know, it's small, so everything's, like, walkable from mm-hmm. each other, and you can, like, see one restaurant from the other, it's just, it's quaint. And, and the residences are, like, only one block off of the main street there, so yeah. it's, like, everything is literally walking distance, it's not like, oh, it's this downtown area that you have to drive six miles to get to, it's, like, yeah. literally, the residences are living right next to the downtown area, so it's an actual small town, which is nice. Um, one of the evenings, so we, yeah, every day we, you know, would give our, do our walk and then do the booth. And then one of the days um, we presented our talk, which is called Birds Don't Know They're Special. Our and... premiere of our talk, which I thought went pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Did you? I thought it went good. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, I think we can make a couple, a couple adjustments to make things a little smoother, but I think it went good. Okay. I think we need to add some jokes. No, people don't think we're funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, but there was a school group that was there, and they had some really great questions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, lots of folks had great questions and seemed really into it. So that was encouraging. Yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely encouraging. Um, so it, it made me feel like it went good after, even after the fact that we ended. And I was like, oh, I felt like that went pretty good. And we got questions. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's even better. That's, that, that, that ensures me. That they're not asleep. Went, yeah, they're not asleep. They were paying attention. So they were using throughout the festival the the guides, and I think participants were on it too. We're on yeah. the Telegram oh, yeah. app. So they they have this tele this Telegram app group that's it's still active today. Like right right now in July, I, I logged in two days ago, three days ago, and I saw they're they they use it. It's just their regular the regular group that the region uses. So we've talked about this before. Here in Oregon, we use WhatsApp. For like all of our Oregon bird sightings, rare mm-hmm. bird alerts, all that stuff. Is, and Texas usually uses WhatsApp Texas uses too. WhatsApp a lot. Um, Telegram seems to be kind of a central, north central United States. So like the um, Indiana used it. Minnesota. Minnesota was using it. Um, Pennsylvania. It, Pennsylvania sounds like uses uh, Telegram. Mm-hmm. So there, there are these different messaging groups that people message things together. And so for the festival, they got they got all the participants and everyone the link that they use for their local one. And it's very active, and it's the way people get the word out for rare birds. Well, and that's one of the things about, um, you know, festivals is that there's more people out there looking. And a lot of, you know, I I don't really, I can't say anything about the number of people that are normally birding Indiana Dunes, because mm-hmm. I don't know how many people actually, like, live there and regularly bird. But this brings in a lot of, you know, there were almost 500 people, I think, at that festival. And so it definitely brings in people from other places in yeah. Indiana oh, yeah. that we met. Like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, I'm from Indianapolis. And it's like, oh, so you don't live here. <laughs> um, but lots of people coming in from different places. And so more people are out there looking, and they tend to find more special birds when that happens. Yeah, so there was um, there was a number of warblers that were early warblers or there were late warblers and some of which um like uh the warbler that was being seen on the last day we were there the connecticut warbler mm-hmm. um is not a normal warbler for the area so it was very exciting for everyone it's uh i think this was a little bit i think it was early is that what it was it was early yeah. and then it's slightly out of range but not very far out of range but well, it's just enough so that it's not normally there and it was one of the target species that we had hoped for yeah. going to this area we had a handful of targets like you know the the woodcock and mm-hmm. that and we're and always my, and cerulean was one that i really wanted yeah yeah so we went searching for it. It was at Coles Bog. And normally when we would go to Coles Bog, you know, the 10 times that we've been there now, we park <laughs> by the the little, like, pay station or the guard's shack 
that goes into the private neighborhood. So it's on the north side of the, it's the the north parking lot rather than the south parking lot. And so we decided for some reason, I can't remember why, to park at the south parking lot and hike into it, which ended up being much further. Way further. Than <laughs> we thought it would be. But when we got into the woods, like, it was hopping oh with warblers. So many. It was in. It was nuts. It, the the winds had must have changed, and I, I think that's what what had happened. The winds had changed into the first day of the festival or the pre-festival. The winds were coming out of the north, mm-hmm. so it was slowing slowing warblers down. And then the winds shifted for the actual first day of the festival and started coming out of the south, and it was literally blowing all the warblers over. So. <laughs> They were they weren't stopping to rest. They weren't doing anything. They they get they take their tailwind and fly over the lake and just yeah. head on out. But the the last day of the festival, the winds had shifted again and they were coming back out of the north. So all of a sudden, all these warblers were hitting this wall of wind mm-hmm. and just boom, just drop dropping. So like that day, like warblers like crazy. So we walked around the the bog there until we got to where there was crowd people. <laughs> yeah, that's, because that's where you find the bird. That's the, how it goes. Where there's a pile of people. And uh, stopped there, waited for the Connecticut for a little bit. They had heard it calling from this one particular part. Mm-hmm. And so we waited, waited, waited. And we, and we were already late. For an engagement. Yes. We, we, we were already like a half hour late for something when we arrived at the people. And it was like, oh, we got to go, but we can't. We have to stay. I know, it's a lifer. They'll understand because they're birders too. <laughs> um, so then we finally decided we needed to go. And we started walking back the normal way we had gone through Coles Bog mm-hmm. before. And somebody was like, oh, black turn blue. And, you know, it was hopping around in the bushes. Which, a black throat blue there is, is fairly normal, but it's still an exciting bird. It's, it's one of the low number warblers. But it's also one we needed. Yeah. I mean, we chased that bird through, like, Florida. Florida and, and no, Georgia. And I no think luck. We, I think we chased it a little bit in North Carolina, too. Probably. So, no luck. But we finally got lucky we got in Indiana. Yeah. It was both calling. We had, we had a male calling somewhere out there. And then we got pretty darn good looks at a female. And it was a beautiful bird. Yeah. Even the female has the little um, white square. Pocket (laughs) square. (laughs) So that was uh, a good end to that birding day. We met our engagement like an hour late. um, And then went off to the 219 tap room. Which Mm -hmm. is kind of on... I want to say it's like on the other side of Chesterton. But by that I mean like it's a block away. It's one block away from the other towns. (laughs) From from the other restaurants. But that location was so fun. They had live music going on. Mm -hmm. Huge beer list. Um, yeah, that was, that it was, was, it was, it was really go. relaxed and definitely seemed like that was the late night hangout, even though it was only like nine o'clock. <laughs> um, and then the last morning we were there, it was like our free day. And so we got up early as one does. You know, when, and... when, when you have time to re- rest and relax, <laughs> you set the alarm for four thirty, and you get on, get out there. And uh, the Telegram app had said that the main picnic area, and this is where we get into why the Indiana Dunes yes. State Park is my favorite. Uh, the We got to the, the Telegram app said the main picnic area was hopping. And so we went over there. Mm-hmm. And we were like, and that area is kind of interesting because it's like really hilly with lots of big trees and it's grassy. It's forested, but it's still obviously a dune with the big hills and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of interesting and cool. Yeah, and there were just warblers all over the place. And, uh, yeah, so we waited, like, 20 minutes. You know, there was American Red Starts. There was there was yellow rumps. There was... There's, like, all, all of the warblers that we'd seen. Magnolia, Blackburnian, Chestnut-Sided, Blackpole. Every warbler that we'd already seen over this last week, basically. Like, if, if we would have just waited to bird just that one day, we would have got all, <laughs> all, all the exact same birds, but all in one spot. So it was tons and tons of warblers. And then on the Telegram app, Brad, the coordinator for the festival, mentioned that he was seeing a morning warbler, like, near well, the bathroom. F- first, he got our attention with the cuckoo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It was it was black-billed cuckoo, which um, Hannah... Didn't mi- get a good look at. She didn't get a good look at. I got an okay look at um, a couple weeks prior when we were in Texas... But we we didn't have one for Indiana, so I was like, oh, well, maybe I can get an even better look. Maybe I can get some pictures. That'd be that'd be super cool. So we we head over to where he was at, which was only like five hundred feet from us. <laughs> I know. And he was like, 
oh, it was just here a minute ago, but I'm hearing a morning warbler. And so, then, so, so then he starts messaging out on a telegram at morning warbler at, over at, at, at the picnic area. So we finally got it and kind of chased it through the bushes a little bit. And then more and more people started to show up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they ever got it or not, but, you know, it was like, oh, it's right there. Oh, never mind. Oh, it's right there. Never well, mind. It, it was, oh, it's right there. And then as I'm working to try to get them on it, it would fly and they would see it fly, but then they couldn't get back on it again. And then, then we would we would collectively work for a few seconds and then one of us, Hannah and I, or Brad would find it again, be like, oh, there it is right there. And it would sing a couple times. And then as soon as they like, oh, I think I'm, oh, there's fine again. <laughs> And so I don't know. I, I I agree. I don't know if anybody else actually got on it. Like, it's a sneaky little bird. Yeah, it's a it's a ground skulker or close to ground skulker. It's like yeah, one foot up skulker. <laughs> <laughs> a one foot up skulker. Um, so but it's got a really nice call. I got a. I think I got a pretty good recording. I mean, the yeah. listeners can judge with the out, either the <laughs> outro or the intro. I don't know which one I'm going to do, but I'm sure Connecticut and uh, morning morning are going to be the intro and outro sandwich on this episode. So we kind of got our fill there for a little bit, and yeah. well, we... we only got our fill because of the Telegram app. Again, was blowing up on a Connecticut again. So for Connecticut drew us over to Cole's Bog the day before. So the Telegram app is pulling us back over in uh, in another direction again for a Connecticut warbler at the Heron <laughs> Rookery. And this time, though, we were before we were accessing it on the east side i believe from that mm-hmm. parking lot yeah it was a bigger parking lot but it was for every time everyone kept telling us that was the birdier spot to go to yeah. anyways yeah. so that's why we kept going there to the east side and but this connecticut warbler was being accessed from the west side so mm-hmm. we got over there there was like very little parking tiny parking lot and so we ended up parking like a quarter mile away in another parking lot yeah there there was another parking lot for another nature area it was was, i think it was all owned by the same property owners but it was just another nature area so i had i parked there and then walked the quarter mile down the road to meet back up at the trail with you guys and we hiked and hiked and hiked down the trail and kind of goes along the the creek there the Mm -hmm. little what is that the little calumet river i think so yeah and through like floodplain sort of area and then finally you know an an area that if you were in texas i feel like you would be dead with mosquitoes yeah like it would be completely drained dry but (laughs) uh but it wasn't that bad yeah i mean there was mosquitoes for sure but it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't nearly as bad i wasn't wasn't complaining that much it's not bad as it could have been (laughs) (laughs) uh but then we hiked and hiked and got to the point where there was all the people standing there looking for the connecticut warbler so we knew we had found the spot because there was piles of people again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and oh my gosh we all stood there in silence for like like maybe half an hour it's just waiting for it to call waiting for any kind of movement it's like the loudest silence (laughs) where you have like the like the tennessee warblers like screaming at the top of their lungs and it's like why are you so loud shut up we're all we're all being quiet everyone be quiet (laughs) cardinal starts screaming and it's like use your inside voice We're, we're, we're listening for connecticut right now can can you just calm down for a minute it's like the thing how i always think about like I sort of wish that when I saw a species of bird, then all of that bird species would disappear <laughs> so I could find all the other ones. <laughs> but that would also make oh, life and the, the American fun. red starts were yelling at the top of their lungs too. Like it was like so loud. Well, and then the Connecticut warbler uh, popped up and kind of bounced along down the river. You know, we were all rushing after it, trying <laughs> to get a good back and view forth, of it. Trying, trying to see it really well. Um, I, we got a pretty good look at it. We got, I thought I got a, a pretty adequate recording of it. Because at first, that's all it was. All we could get was audio. All We kept hearing it, kept hearing it, kept hearing it, but we couldn't get eyes on it. And so I like pulled out my phone and I'm like, I got to record the, I got to try to get something on this. If we're mm-hmm. going to, if we're going to count this for something, I got to get something. <laughs> and so I, I got, I got a fairly good audio. You're not happy with just seeing it anymore, are you? No, I'm not happy with just seeing it anymore. This is ruined. Ha- having, having this podcast, having this like kind of recording equipment and then. See, I knew it would escalate. And then having this... this camera, I can't, I have to get something. All your hobbies just escalate more and more and more. So, like, you got the little tiny recorder, and now you're like, I need a better recorder. Well, now that I have a recorder, now I need to get a holster for it and See? a shotgun mic. See? And, oh, and now, now, now that I've got a shotgun mic, I might as well get a parabola. Yeah. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need 
I'm more and more just step okay. up to the next. If you get two more levels up, then I'm going to divorce you at that point. Two more levels. Yeah. Okay, so I can still go one more level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it has to end if you want to want me to stick around. <laughs> so we saw the Connecticut, got, you know, adequate looks at it, and then decided to head back to my favorite place, Indiana Dunes State Park, yep. for uh, one last go around. One last hurrah at uh, Indiana Dunes State Park. So we headed over to uh, kind of where the prothonotary was at. Um, this area that has the Tremont Shelter and um, uh, Duneside Shelter. It's like the southern, southeastern edge of the park. Yeah. So you, you, you get down to that last parking and then you go south. There's mm-hmm. a road that goes south down there. We went down there and we were like, oh, we'll see, we'll see if we see anything down here. People have talked about talked about Cerulean down there. They've talked about Black-Throated Blue, things that we'd like to get some better looks at. And pretty good list of warblers. Yep. Again, same same sort of groupings as what we had earlier in the day. We had um, the Blackburnian. We had Bay-breasted. We had Chestnut-sided. Like, just kind of sporadic warblers. Um, pretty pretty good numbers of them, too. And then as we were as we were like, okay, let's hop back in the car, a bright one caught our eye. And it was a Canada warbler. So we had another... Another uh, state lifer, county lifer, trip lifer. I don't, I don't know. What <laughs> it you, wasn't you a trip lifer. A trip lifer. No, it uh, wasn't. for the life of the trip. It oh, was the, okay. It was the best. Uh, it was a trip bird. Yeah. <laughs> it was a life bird for the obviously. Trip, right? yeah. <laughs> for the get life you, of the trip. Get yeah. your vocabulary right. Gosh. <laughs> it was good. Disgusted. Um, Canada warbler. Um, I think it was our last, uh, our last trip bird. Our last new warbler. Our last new warbler in Indiana. But it also gave me a bird that I wrote on Telegram. I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, it was it was a it was an out of season enough or early enough or whichever. Like, finally, I can it was. contribute. It's like oh, this one actually requires an explanation. So let's let's plop that in there. But you know, okay. So I want to I want to go through why I like Indiana Dunes State Park real quick. Okay, let's go through that. Real so quick. I mean, just oodles of warblers and like i know some of you probably live in places where there's like a lot of warblers and you're like why do you talk about warblers so much well like we've mentioned oregon gets like four warblers and warblers are really cool and i like them and they're really pretty and the ones in indiana actually sing so that's pretty cool because in texas where we lived and got the majority of our warblers they were not singing so that was kind of a bummer so it wasn't such a bummer. It just it was. It, they're more exciting when they're I think both I said, visually pleasing and audibly pleasing. I think I said kind of a bummer. So you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> they weren't a super crazy horrible bummer. Like oh my you're... gosh! <laughs> like I'm portraying. <laughs> uh, wow. So they have yeah good warblers mm-hmm. there. They have a ton of different trails. The nature center, which we didn't go in the nature center, but the trails around the nature center ended up being really good spots. We had a turkey. We um, had that whole like little forested like dunal area that was really good warblers. Not a whole lot of people. Um, and then it has the tower, which is the mm-hmm. tower's really cool. We didn't really take full advantage of going up to the tower and watching things fly through. But there are woodcocks right behind it. And one of the parking lots has this really old, interesting, like historic looking building that is being renovated into some kind of wild restaurant that I want to go to when it <laughs> opens. So those are some of the reasons why I really like that state park. Yeah. So the state park is good. Well, and I, I really liked it because lots and lots of pileated woodpeckers. And oh, yeah. My we got favorite. that wild pileated peck woodpecker. Re- the really cool one that was doing the dance with the um with the other one. So there was... like, da, 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 da. Yeah, like waving its wings. I, I, I'm sure if, if you look up videos of pileated, ton, I've seen lo- videos of this before. I've never seen it in real life until then, but it, I've seen lots of videos of it where they'll spread their wings out to both sides and then do this like peekaboo game where they'll look back and forth <laughs> from the other other side of the tree to each other. And it was, it was just a lot of fun watching that. And they were like doing it at like three feet off the ground. So it was like super, and we're like right across the street from us. So we're probably 20 feet away from the birds and they're just... Super cool. So all in all, the festival was a lot of fun. Um, we got to go to some really interesting places. We liked it because um, nothing was very far from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so you didn't have to like drive an hour to get to a site. Uh, there's a lot of good restaurants to, to go to. And also, you know, for having so many people at that festival, most of them were from the area. Yeah. So they had, you know, a pretty good idea of like what they were looking for and they were semi-familiar with these birds, but maybe not like, you know, world traveler birders that 
you know, like, needs this certain thing and is going to hold you to get that bird for him. Yeah, oh yeah, Every, and everyone that was attending was great, everyone that were, all the, all the other guides were great, so it was, it was a good experience overall from both the participant side on our big day that we did and from the guide side for the rest of the, rest of the festival. Yeah, so I definitely recommend going. Yeah, De- definitely get a good um, bird bang for your buck too if, you're, <laughs> if, you've never, if you've never been to that area. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So I kind of think that's our that's, synopsis of uh, our the, trip to Indiana. Yeah, that's the end of Indiana. Indiana, and we'll we'll be talking about other places that we're going to go coming up soon. So we're going to Southeast Arizona. Yes. Um, we're going to the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. We're going to Southern Africa. Southern Africa. Um, it's real. It's real. Yeah. So, so maybe you guys look forward to listening to some of those other places. Maybe we do need to start a GoFundMe because I feel like we need some <laughs> plane ticket money here. Plane ticket money. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We'll go into debt. Okay. We'll, we, we'll sell you, the house. You, yeah. You're not, you're not supposed to hold on to money. It's, it's just, if you love something, you let it go. Wow. And if it loves you, it'll come back. That's actually a really good philosophy so, about money. So. I think. Yeah. You just, you, you, you love the birds. So you also, you just let your money go, and then you'll go find the birds. I feel like I'm going to start using that more often when I buy something on Amazon that you're not happy about. (laughs) I let it go. It'll come back, The money will come back. It'll come back. (laughs) Don't worry about it. The money loves me. It'll come back. So anyways, if you want to see us in person, uh, you can see us at the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival. We won't be doing our comedy routine, so you could just uh, catch us at the vendor area. Yeah. As well as at the Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival in November. So uh, thank you all for listening to our episode and our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to us. If you'd like to connect with us on the socials, you can follow us at Hannah Goes Birding on Instagram and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Our Facebook page is Hannah and Eric Go Birding. You can email us at Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. You can check out our TikTok, which is (laughs) at We Go Birding. Our our (laughs) Tok. I almost said Twitter. Um... (laughs) Which we have both. So our Twitter is at We Go Birding. Our TikTok, I think, is at Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Um, <laughs> and t- you, you can tune into our website as well, at, which is www.gobirdingpodcast.com. We appreciate you listening in, and we look forward to uh, birding with you someday. Bye.